Welcome back to episode 10 of Two Knicks Talk Sports. I'm Nick Minocchio here with Nick St. Lawrence. What's up, guys? Uh, back from our Thanksgiving break, uh, recording episode 10 here. Um, while PC is on the road at TCU and uh, Celts are at halftime, I believe at this point, playing Miami. So we got a few few screens running with the games on. Uh, I'm just going to recap week 12 in the NFL, the uh, the Thursday Thanksgiving games into Sunday and then Monday slate. And then uh, preview a little bit of thir- week 13 upcoming. Um, we were going to start again with the first place Celts and uh, and cover some of their their recent games and you know their their wins their blowouts that they've been having. Uh, but before we you know kind of hop into the sports aspect, um, Nick, how was your Thanksgiving? Man, it was good. Um, you know, getting over a little bit of a sickness at my house, unfortunately, um, but uh, was able to you know be clear for. Uh, the holiday, nice and relaxing. Got to watch some football on the day. Uh, family did a great job with with meal. Uh, food was delicious as always, uh, and a food coma by six o'clock. Um, how about yourself? It was good. Uh, travel to and from Pennsylvania was a little rough, but outside of that, the holiday was good. Uh, I got to use in Pennsylvania. I got to use DraftKings um, sportsbook uh, app which was 10 times better than our RI Sportsbook app. But uh, now that I'm back in Rhode Island, I can't cash out. So I have to... <laughs> You're going to use it again. I have to, I have to go to Foxwoods uh, to cash out, I believe, at this point, or go back to Pennsylvania. So my money's a little tied up. But uh, all was well. The holiday was good. The food was good. Same with the fam. So, um, yeah, let's hop, uh, let's hop into the Celts. 17-4 and four going into the night. They're on the road tonight at Miami. I believe they are uh, up in the third quarter. They're up eight right now, so um, not looking terrible for them tonight to move to 18 and four. But still number one in the in the East, number one in the league, uh, best offense in the league. Uh, just thoughts and feelings on the team right now. I mean, almost the same as last week. It's just they're just really fun to watch at this point. Um, you know, the team chemistry, the camaraderie is there. Uh, they're moving the ball really well. The spacing seems great. Um, Brogdon's been a huge bright spot, you know, uh, for us uh, as an off-season signing. Um, I really, really like when Derek White gets put in the starting lineup. Not to say that I want to take Smart out because he's having an amazing season too, but it just seems to me when Derek White does get in that starting lineup, he's like a totally different player. Um, he's been great, and then. You know, our two Jays have been just ridiculous. I mean, Tatum, you know, uh, went against uh, Luka in a head-to-head kind of like an MVP matchup, and they were both absolutely electric. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Celtics getting the better of them. There's a better team overall. Um, and then he sat the next game uh, with the ankle sprain, and Jalen had like 36 points, and it seemed like we didn't even miss a step without Tatum. In the very next game, they sat Jalen, and Tatum had like 35 points, and they didn't miss a beat. So, um, I mean, <laughs> they're awesome, and uh, it's good. Uh, I'm curious, like, we keep talking about what the team will look like when Robert Williams comes back because he brings a total different element to our team, which is lacking severely right now, and that's defense. Um, 
even though he's not terrible offensively, he gets kind of a bad rap. He's actually pretty efficient offensively, but he's just an absolute rim protector. So, um, yeah, man, I, I'm like I'm liking it. Yeah, I think they're they're in a really good spot right now. Their their team's rolling, and he'll never he'll never get this. But to touch on your point about uh, Derek White, he'll never get most improved. Or I don't even think he'd be in the conversation. Yeah, I think he should be in the conversation because he's drastically different from where he was last year. To me, I mean, he's playing. He's so much more efficient this year than he was last year. Last year, I almost feel like he didn't really fit very well with the team. Like he did, obviously, but there was always something off about him. And uh, you know, him and him and Smart this year, I feel like play much better together. Um, also, the team outside of Tatum and Brown, they're shooting like 44% or something like that from the three. I mean, and that, that's something that, you know, we talked about last week. I mean, we did, it was like 49% for Hauser. At, that was last week. I haven't right. looked at it since. And then, um, you know, uh, Grant, Williams. Grant Williams was at like 47.9% last week. So, that, I mean, when you're shooting almost 50% for three-point line for two guys, I mean, we talked about it off air before, too. It's like, you know, our plus minuses and our efficiency ratings are through the roof. I think Tatum's the number one in the league, and Hauser's still in the top five. I think he's like number four right now. So, um, and he's another bright spot. No one keep we we haven't talked about him enough. We we were missing that that guy, that type of guy, that just like sparked shooter. We had that in Eddie House, you know, way back when when you know uh, now he's a commentator for the Celtics. But like just that guy that comes in that you can. Sh- you know, can kind of shoot, catch and shoot from anywhere and uh, shoot a high percentage. But Hauser actually gets knocked because he plays decent defense, too. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's on the all-pro defender, but, yeah, the shooting is just, it's, it's absurd almost. Yeah, it's, I don't even know if it's sustainable, sustainable in, right. in today's day and age. Everyone shoots threes, but I, I just don't know how they can keep that up for the entire season. I mean, they're averaging almost 122 points per game, which is just wild. And we talked about it last week. Their defense isn't great, but their defense the past basically second half of what they've had this season, maybe the last nine, eight, nine games has been better. I think they're a top like 12 defensive team in that span. So they're getting better, uh, probably adjusting, I guess, a little bit without Williams and, and, you know, getting back into a groove. Once he comes back, we'll change the defense, but um, defense is definitely looking better. We kind of touched on this a little bit when we were we were texting, but um, from a standing standpoint, the MVP conversation, you know, almost like starts with Tatum at this point because they're in first and the team is so good and his numbers are great and all of that stuff. And I think I mentioned last week that it's uh, a Luca award kind of like to lose. From a numbers standpoint, Luca's numbers are crazy. I mean, they're great. They're absolutely crazy. They're better than anyone else's but Dallas is a game under 500 too they're not even in the playoffs currently so if they end up I don't know the 10 seed or missing the playoffs like Luka can't win the MVP no matter how good his numbers are I I think it comes down to Tatum Giannis you know Jokic Booker Ja Morant type of conversation at that point and once you take Luka out of it I mean it's it's kind of anyone's ball game at that point and if the Celtics are going to win eight out of every 10 games which I don't think they can for the entire season but if they're going to be in that number one seed it's kind of like his I guess his MVP to lose at this point yeah I mean he's going to be the front runner I mean I mean we've seen it when uh, 
Mavericks played, you know, Boston. I mean, he was unbelievable. He actually aggravated me in, in the game a little bit, but there was no denying he just scored at will. I mean, it was like every second he was scoring. He just didn't have anyone else to score. I think them losing Brunson really, like, has hurt them. And big Porzingis. Time. Um, yeah, yeah and, and Porzingis. So uh, that those are, are, are big-time, you know, losses for him. And, you know, they just tried to sign Kemba Walker. I don't think that he's going to be the answer. I think he's washed. So, um, yeah, I would say that. I would say that, you know, the sleeper in, the, in, in that trifecta that you just named, uh, obviously Giannis is going to be there. He's... Arguably, I mean, the best player on the planet, um, or most dominant, I should say. But is Booker, you know, like, you know, uh, Phoenix is uh, slowly, you know, uh, silently rolling in the West as the number one yep. team. And he's p- putting up some pretty ridiculous numbers. Um, you know, Chris Ball is another year older. Um, that's definitely Booker's team right now. And um, kind of in a similar spot to Tatum, it's going to be come come down to, staying consistent with the numbers that they're putting up and then the wins get to keep flowing um, and it, it puts them right in that conversation. Yeah, I think if they can stay healthy both of them can stay healthy for the entire season they'll finish, They'll both finish top 5 um, and just looking at the numbers from tonight, Tatum's got 38 with 5 minutes to go in the oh, third he's absolutely so he's, he's, on, he's on pace for 50 tonight so we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out there but um, yeah, just a few minutes to start off with on the Celts and where they're at Obviously, still the best team in the NBA. They're at least in the in the conversation for the best team, the best record, uh, and they're going to continue to roll. They have a fairly decent, easy schedule, I think, coming up too. So uh, they get a good shot to be the first team to 20 wins. Why? And, and, and honestly, I don't, I don't see anybody having 20 wins before them. Honestly, the way that they're rolling, something drastic would have, have to happen. And um, I'm going to knock on the wood that's right next to me to. To, for that not to be the case but um yeah i mean always amazing to start out with basketball uh unfortunately we only have so much time because like you know you, we both know that we could talk about basketball talk the whole time um but you know uh we were uh fortunate enough to have football on a thursday you know being thanksgiving this past week and let me tell you it did not disappoint um you know we had three really uh entertaining games uh, to say the least but Nick take us away with the, the game one on uh, Turkey Day um, and we'll get right into it so yeah kind of like the appetizer game I guess for for that day was Bill's Lions a uh, much closer game than I think m- most people thought it was going to be but the Bills ended up winning 28-25 um, really strange kind of game that that played out I almost like awkwardly in the second half but um Bills kind of got back a little bit to where they were in the beginning of the season where they relied on Josh Allen a little bit more than the running game, which they had got away from for a game or two, and Allen had, you know, the elbow injury. But, um, yeah, Buffalo squeaked it out. Uh, Detroit, again, they, they play interesting games. They either get blown out or they play close games, and they they typically put up some stats while doing so. Uh, Amron St. Brown came through for anyone that started him or has him you know nine for 122 and a touchdown he he torched buffalo all day um i don't don't think he's i mean i wouldn't even put him in the conversation for the best receiver but he was just doing things to no matter who was playing him it didn't matter tredavious white got activated off ir and he got cooked a few game a few times by st brown um yeah detroit looked okay overall in the game they're just 
you know, lacking a little bit of firepower going up against Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, they have opportunities to win. I mean, uh, I think like the big thing here is that you can just tell that Josh Allen is not the same. I mean, uh, I will agree with you. They went back to throwing the ball. You know, they uh, Josh Allen had 42 attempts. Uh, the issue was he wasn't hyper efficient on those attempts. 24 for 42 did have a pick, um, and that pick is actually you know in the red zone. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, the, the Lions, you know, um, it was this their game uh, to lose, and uh, they did. That's what happened. It was came down to, you know, um, a field goal. There was a field goal in the, you know, uh, in the first half uh, that put them up for halftime, and then in the field goal to, to steal, seal the deal. Um, from a Buffalo standpoint, it was, you know, really uh, McKenzie was the, was the top guy. He made a lot of pretty big plays in this game. Um, Diggs is Diggs. He's nasty. He did, you know, um, after Detroit scored and they had not too much time on the clock, I mean, Diggs had like immediate, like 30-something yard catch and that kind of put him in field goal range and it was kind of like you knew what was going to happen before it even happened. So, um, bottom line is, Buffalo is just a better team overall than, than Detroit, but Detroit's defenses looked better and like you said in the very beginning of the year, they're going to be entertaining to watch. Yeah, they just—they're not there yet, but um, they should get Williams, their number one, uh, well, their their draft pick, uh, wide receiver, uh, activated soon, and you know that'll help their offense, you know, later in the year, and they'll be a, a team on the rise maybe next year if you know the coaching staff and the same pieces stay, um, but they're just not there yet. Um, so the the. The second game of the Thanksgiving slate was uh, the Cowboys at, excuse me, the Giants at the Cowboys. Uh, another kind of, I guess, entertaining game for a little bit. Uh, Giants are at this point kind of coming back down to earth. You've been mentioning this for the past few weeks now. Um, you know, they started out so hot. I don't think anyone, well, I, I know we didn't, neither of us really believed in them as a, you know, a contender or anything along those lines. Um, they had a touchdown with. I don't know, a minute left, two minutes left, whatever it was, for a backdoor cover of the game, which was interesting to say the least. But um, outside of that, the game wasn't as close as eight points. Uh, Saquon had a, another down game for him, for his standards, only 11 carries, kind of dictated by, I guess, the way the game was. I mean, they were getting whooped pretty much most of the game. Uh, and, and the Giants just don't have the receivers to keep up with pretty much anyone you know Darius Slayton led them in receiving yards uh Richie James was second and then they have a bunch of guys that I've never heard of before um outside of Saquon that were receiving you know passes and uh and targets and whatnot so they're just so banged up on the receiving line that just I I don't, I don't think they're going to hang with too many teams kind of moving forward yeah I mean I told you know we we again we talked about this several times it's your, their identity is strictly defense and Saquon, and they kind of like game plan Saquon. I don't know what they were doing. I thought they were preserving him, or maybe he got banged up a little bit. But you know, he wasn't on the injury report. They didn't, you know, didn't seem to be uh, the case. So 11 carries is kind of like you know a head scratcher to me, especially because he actually did score their lone uh, touchdown before that garbage time touchdown. Did Richie James at the end, like you said to to make it seem like this was an eight-point game, but really it was completely lopsided the whole time. Um, and they didn't get him involved in the passing game, so um, 
Darius Slayton, uh, I think he's a, a little underappreciated and has been pretty much since uh, he's been there. I mean, he's he made some pretty good catches, and uh, he seems to make Lowe's big. He has that big playability, but they just don't have anybody outside of him um, in the receiving game, and uh, they didn't utilize Saquon. Uh, and, you know, uh, Dallas is a complete team. Their defense is, is legit, so that could have been the reason why Saquon didn't get as many carries. But they get a two-headed monster at, you know, uh, at rushing and uh, Elliott and Pollard. Pollard uh, came back down to earth this uh, game, 18 for 60, while Ezekiel Elliott, you know, fed 16 for 92 in a TD. And then, you know, on the receiving game, they have the Lamb Gallup Schultz, you know, uh, three-headed uh, monster. And Schultz found the end zone twice. So, um, again, I think, you know, Dallas is in the uh, – is a Super Bowl contender, and the Giants are just getting exposed as, you know, uh, not being the team yeah, I that think everyone thought I think they're done. Well. They're done. Um, my one takeaway on the Dallas side was Zeke looked good, and if if and not that he's been bad by any means, but it, almost his touchdowns have been up, so he's been, like, not a touchdown-dependent running back, but Pollard it took over a lot of the of the big plays from that. He looked better than Pollard in the game. So, I mean, if they can switch off like that or even both have big games – um, that's going to be huge for them. Take a little of the load off of Dak. Um, so the the I guess like the main course of the the night was the Patriots at the Vikings, which was a great game. And to much, uh, I know to my surprise, I'm sure to yours, uh, Mac Jones turned in maybe his best game as a Patriot. He looked like I I mean he looked like he knew where guys were going to be before they were going to be there. He was accurate. He didn't have a turnover. He only got sacked three times. Uh, definitely his best game of the season, not even close, and maybe his best game as a Patriot again. But um, my my huge takeaway from the game was uh, the Patriots' running game was completely non-existent. And if they're going to win games, they're going to compete. They're, I mean, they're run, that's their strength, obviously, is the running game and the defense. And they had 13 carries for 45 yards total, and that's just that's not going to get it done. They're not going to beat anyone, especially Minnesota's defense isn't even that good. As, I mean, obviously, as you can see with Mac, but uh, 45 yards rushing is not going to get it done. I, I just – I'm always trying to figure out, like, what the rationale is with the Patriots, right? You know, like – one week it's one thing and the next week and I, and I feel like that like that's bill you know so yeah we've been trying to figure it, that out since you know but 99. like I, I couldn't agree with you more like you know you know establishing the run game you know that it controls the clock it controls time of possession it, it does all these things that you feel like that's like bill's kind of mo but this game they just let unleash mac and and he throws the ball 39 times, you know, like, and then we only rush the ball, you know, uh, what do we say, 13 attempts, so um, it's kind of like, I, I don't understand, um, you know, uh, but I, I think the tale to this tape uh, for me was two things, uh, one, you know, our special teams really blew this game, yep. um, we had uh, a kickoff return touchdown after, after we scored, which is kind of like a momentum shift, um, and then, you know, uh, we had our third string running back, uh, you know, hit the kicker on a punt that was just so unnecessary that led to, um, 
you know, Minnesota scoring again. So those are the two touchdowns that we take away, and, you know, I think we win this game. And then the flip side, uh, my takeaway is that Jefferson is really that good. Unguardable. He was just – he just kept making play after play, and they weren't easy plays that he was making. I mean, I don't think that, you know, the Patriots uh, are any sort of slouch uh, on defense. Um, I will say that um, Jonathan Jones should have had a pick, probably a pick six if he does does catch the ball. Um, but overall, I don't think our defense played terrible. I just, you know, um, those couple plays really, you know, uh, really hurt us big time. So Yeah, the refs um, didn't help. No, they, they didn't. They that's didn't. for certain. But we, we, we had plays out there that we could have won without, you know, even though the refs were, you know, heinous. Um, it is funny, though, because, you know, that, that – and you brought this up, like, if it's any other team, then like it's a big deal. But to Patriots, if we complain, we can't because with like supposedly this like a uh, team that always gets all these crazy calls. But if you're if you're a fan of the game, you know that that game was you know not officiated you know uh, yeah. very well. And I mean the holding the holding I mean holding calls get missed all the time. I'm sure you know they just don't replay them that often. But Duggar got held on the kickoff return that turns into a touchdown in a seven point game. You know, just turns into an even bigger call, but it is what it is. Uh, Pats six and five play tomorrow night, so they got a chance to get it back. Division game with Buffalo, um, obviously a huge game. So, uh, moving over to the Sunday slate, I'm gonna start with the early one o'clock games here. Uh, my, I would say probably my surprise of the week because I, I thought the Bucks would easily win this game. But uh, Tampa traveled to Cleveland in what looks like Jacoby Brissett's last game, I guess, as a starting quarterback. Uh, the Bucks got beat by the Browns 23-17. It was an overtime game. So, I mean, either it could have went either way. But the Bucks again, only putting up 17 points, just had, just looked kind of abysmal at certain times. Not really sure. I mean, the second half and overtime, they only put up seven points. So, you know, Brady's numbers don't look terrible at the end of the day. Again, no turnovers, two touchdowns, 246 through the air. So they don't look bad. But again, they just go drive after drive after drive without points in the fourth quarter. And it's like, what is going on? Um, meanwhile, Cleveland just, you know, continues to roll and continues to give the ball to Nick Chubb, even while they're losing the game. For pretty much most of the game, Chubb ends up with 20, 26 carries from 116 and a touchdown. Uh, the touchdown was the game winner, I believe, in overtime. Uh, I mean, he's just complete RB1 on their team. Kareem Hunt, absolute afterthought at this point. So Chubb just getting all of the all of the run for them. Um, Cleveland, I, four and seven. I think they're they're probably out of it in the AFC, but they get Deshaun Watson back this week and. I think Brissett held up fairly decent for the 11 games that he had to play. I tell you what, he's underappreciated. We, you said it the best. He's just a football player, man. I mean, he's. I don't think that he's like some great starter, but he'd be an amazing. Like you know, uh, when Watson comes back, I'd love to have Brissett as my backup QB. I mean, uh, the guy's just a good football player. Nick Chubb, you know, uh, you know, dusting the cobwebs off from a uh, pretty abysmal uh, performance last week and you know, gets back over 100 this week and finds the end zone. Um, Tom Brady's, like, top five in, in statistical category. The issue is is that 
just like the Patriots, they're allergic to you know uh, to the red zone. I mean, they just can't score. Uh, they're not scoring at, at, at the magnitude that they did last year. Rashad White was a, a bright spot for them. Chris Godwin seemed like he's getting back to you know pre-injury status. Uh, but the problem is, is that Mike Evans has left the building. I don't know where he's at. I don't know why him and Brady are just there, like on. In he got nine angles. targets too. Um, yeah, he's he's getting. He was open, like you know. Uh, I, more times than not, when I see these, you know, passes to Evans, I'm like, ooh, that's a chunk play, or that could have been a touchdown. And they're just the passes is not close. Yeah. Um, or they are, and Mike Evans can't catch him. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He they need to figure out that um, that chemistry and get that back, especially if they want to make a, a late run. You know, the the Bucks still have a chance to make noise. Whereas, like you said, the Cleveland Browns are probably out, even though they do get Deshaun Watson back uh, this week. So that's all I have for uh, this game. Um, we'll move on. Another AFC matchup. Cincinnati was at Tennessee. Um, matchup of, uh, you know, two AFC championship hopeful teams. Cincinnati ends up winning the game 20-16. to um, Burrow kind of labored through most of this game, I guess. Um, they had no mix-in, so P. Ryan got the start. Obviously no Jamar Chase either. Um, T. Higgins looked like wide receiver one for them. You know, seven for 114 in a touchdown, just getting open time after time. Had a huge catch down the sideline uh, as well. Uh, Burrow only got sacked once, which was very, very surprising to me. No turnovers and only got sacked once, and they still only put up 20 points. Um, Tennessee's defense looked good. They're, it's just their offense let them down here. I mean, Tannehill, no touchdowns. Derrick Henry, you know, 38 yards rushing. Somehow, some way chipped in and was the leading receiver as well, which is you know very, very rare for him. Anything that you can get from him in the receiving game is a plus, but yeah, they didn't. I mean, they didn't look good offensively, especially at home. Yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, we talked about this prior. I mean, if you're if you're any team going up against Tennessee, the game plan is to try to stop you know, the King. You know, um, and they did a you know, uh, since he did a good job at bottling them up, 17 carries to 38 yards, averaging 2.2 yards a carry. Basically, very similar to what we talked about last week with Kareem Hunt, and we were talking about Derrick Henry kind of. You know, being over a thousand yards, and you know, uh, I mean, um, Nick Chubb, not Kareem Hunt, sorry. Yep. Um, and how you know it was like a two-headed, you know, monster um, as far as you know the rushing was concerned. And now Henry kind of has a similar stat line as Chubb last week. Um, he did have a, a pretty good reception, went down the uh, the sideline, should have been a touchdown. Fumbles, uh, Traylon Burks recovers it in the end zone to snipe his his touchdown. Um, but overall, it's still a pretty um, decent day for Henry. But other than that, they need to do better. Now, the flip side, I mean, T. Higgins is just showing that he's equally a stud, and, and they get Jamar Chase back this week. Uh, Hayden Hurst, not a terrible game, 6 for 57 on nine targets. And P. Ryan did find the end zone, uh, filling in for Mixon. Um, you know, not, not doing a great job, but enough to... Um, you know, control the pace of the game with, you know, 17 for 58 and a TD, um, four for 35 through the air. Uh, and, and since he stays alive, you know, um, as a potential, you know, Super Bowl contender or at least somebody that can make some noise in, in the playoffs um, and, you know, their perennial all-star um, should be back this week. I mean, they're going to be a tough out no matter who they play, where they play. They showed that last year. They went, you know, 
I believe they went to Tennessee, beat Tennessee, and then they went to Arrowhead and, and beat Kansas City. So no matter even if they go on the road, as long as they're healthy, you know, Burrow with the three receivers, including Boyd, get Mixon back. I mean, they got a shot. So we'll see. I think they have a they have a few tough games coming up, but they're seven and four. They're right in the mix. Um, we'll move on to uh, one of the more lopsided games coming into the week that we thought was going to happen. But Houston uh, played at Miami and just looked absolutely abysmal in the first half. They were down 30 to nothing. <laughs> uh, Miami played Tua through the third quarter and then sat him and played Skylar Thompson. And if this is anything to, I don't know, put Tua back on the MVP map or anything along those lines, but essentially as soon as Tua came out of the game, the Texans scored 15 points and Miami couldn't move the ball at all. And I don't, I don't know what McDaniels, I guess was thinking, or if, you know, he wanted to put Tua back in or anything along those lines, but they looked awful without Tua in the game. Uh, while he was in there, it was just kind of business as usual for him. Waddle five for 85 Tyreek six for 85, I mean, they, they have a few random guys that pitched in with some, some catches and some yards. Wilson led the backfield, uh, I believe, left early with a – I think he was banged up a little bit. I'm not sure if he could have came back or not. I mean, they were blowing them out, so uh, it is what it is. But, yeah, not much to talk about on the Houston side. Yeah, I mean, the line was, what, 14 or something prior to coming to this game, and I was like – or 12 and a half, something, something yep. pretty stinking high. I think and, it was 12 and a half. Um, I remember being like, yeah, I take that all day. And, you know, they would have covered, uh, you know, um, Houston's the worst team in the league. And, you know, Miami's got Super Bowl aspirations. So, I mean, I, I think, um, like you said, two is a difference maker on this offense, especially when you have two high-octane guys like Waddle and Hill. Um, Wilson seems like a good fit, you know, has played with coaching staff before. Um, and, you know, uh, they were out without Mozart, so he's come back hopefully with some fresh legs for next game. Um, not much to say. I mean, there's literally uh, – Damian Pierce was was game-planned against. He had five carries for eight yards. Yeah. Jordan Atkins, their tight end, was their leading receiver. So. I mean, Houston's on the clock for the number one pick. Yeah. Just It's just what – you know, like yeah. what quarterback are they going to take at this point? Uh, so we'll move on. The, the Bears went to the Jets, which was another, once Justin Fields got rolled out, another game that kind of, you know, became one, one-sided, one lopsided, however you want to call it. Um, this is, you know, the Mike White breakout game at this point. So Zach Wilson got benched, Mike White got the start, and he had probably the game of his life. I don't know if he had a better, had a better game when he started at all last year, but 315 through the air and three touchdowns. Uh, Michael Carter got banged up. Uh, Zonovan Knight, whose nickname is Bam, which is awesome, so Bam Knight, came in, took over the backfield. Uh, he looked good. They they actually threw the ball to Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, which, go figure, worked out. Combined, got three touchdowns. Uh, Mike White looked really good, and Chicago, without Justin Fields, looked absolutely horrible, kind of like I think everyone thought they would be. Um yeah, not much, not much going for the Bears at this point. And then, actually, as I was driving over, I uh, heard on the fantasy channel that I was listening to that the Bears just took someone off of Detroit's practice squad that is a quarterback. So Chicago is actually carrying three 
uh, quarterbacks active in addition to Justin Fields. So I guess the thought there is that Fields is probably going to get shut down for um, for the season because at this point, like, what's the reason to bring him back? They're three and nine, you know, don't get him injured type well, of thing. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I completely understand, and we talked about like him just kind of being the face of the team, and you know, uh, Mooney went out for the year, so. I don't know, you know, why are you going to put your best players out there to get hurt if, Makes no sense. If, if you're not going anywhere? I understand. I will say, if you have Fields from a fantasy standpoint and he's your guy, you better get to that wave wire. And I don't know what there's going to be out there for, for pickings. I mean, uh, you might be getting a, a guy like Mike White. I will say, it could be. Uh, it could be decent. I mean, he wasn't terrible when he played and he got the starts, you know, previously. Um, they obviously uh, get better in the receiving game. Now, you know, they drafted Garrett Wilson this year. They got to find a way to get Elijah Moore the ball. The guy, you know, uh, is a stud. Tyler Conklin's no slouch at tight end. I'm not saying, you know, he's a top five guy or, uh, or anything, but um, I feel like that, you know, he can still make a little bit of noise. And then, you know, uh, your boy, uh, Bam Knight, undrafted guy, you know, kind of a one-cut, fresh-leg guy. He did. He looked good. Ty Johnson came in and, you know, was he was actually um, like the three-headed monster prior to Michael Carter going out with that low ankle sprain. Uh, Ty Johnson was still getting, like, you know, passing down work yeah. when Michael Carter was in there. So I think Ty Johnson's still going to factor in even if, um, you know, uh, you know, Bam continues to, to get the ball. Um uh, and you know we'll, we'll see you know this week with you know a, a different opponent but you know uh good to get you know uh white some confidence but fuck the jets and and i hope he breaks his leg next week so um but that, that, that's all i have for uh for this game i mean there's no whiter name on the planet than mike white like when i think of mike mike white i just think of the nerdiest dude on the planet and not even I'm a nerd, so like shout out the nerds, but um, yeah, fuck Mike White. Um, so let's move on. And uh, Atlanta at Washington. Uh, again, Atlanta is just an interesting team uh, week after week. They had a shot to win this game a few different times. Um, they ran the ball a ton, like usual. Algier and Cordero Patterson split carries. Well, pretty much down the down the pipe right there, um, 54 and 52 on the ground respectively. Both of them looked pretty good. I, I do have to say Algier is humongous. When he runs the ball, he looks like Derrick Henry. Um, he's huge. So I think next season, I don't know what Patterson's contract it looks like for next season, but Algier could be a monster next year if they end up giving him, you know, 15, 20 carries a game. Uh, he looks like that type of guy that can handle the load and. Atlanta's, I mean, they're going to move to the quarterback that they drafted from Cincinnati, Ritter, and he's not—he's a mobile quarterback too. So they're going to—I'm sure they're going to run the ball under him. Um, so sneaky like Algier a lot next year. Um, but yeah, not much else from Atlanta side that was going on very well. Kyle Pitts going on IR, done for the season. Yeah, I, I mean, the bottom line—they're uh, a good running team. I mean, even Huntley was actually not terrible. I mean, I, I'll agree with you. Algier actually can catch the ball. He's, you know, um, he's pretty shifty for a pr- pretty big guy. He had, like, you know, a lot of people talked about him, you know, uh, in dynasty drafts and stuff like that, that he was going to be the guy. So I'm not entirely shocked that he's actually having the year that he is. Um, I think Patterson, you know, is more shocking to me at the age and seeing how explosive and nasty he still is. My thing is, is, like, 
you got Drake London, dude. He he, he had two for 29 on four targets. Like, why is he not getting targeted more? And we were having the same conversation about Pitts, you know, three weeks ago. So I just, I don't understand at this point, similar to like the fields and all that. Like, like shut these guys down. Like, if you're not going to utilize them and you're not going anywhere, you know, um, you already lost a guy in, in pits, you know, for the year. So you don't want to have your top guys getting injured. Uh, on the flip side, Washington, man, they're they're coming alive. Um, they're trying to make the noise. And uh, the Heineke uh, project is still rolling. Uh, didn't have a great game. Uh, 14 for 23, 138, yep. two touchdowns in the interception. But... Um, they got another W, um, you know, uh, Terry McLaurin, four for 48 was their leading receiver. So kind of an ugly stat line. Brian Robinson finally stopped being a plotter and actually had a decent game, 18 for 105, but did not find the end zone. Um, no, he, he scored. He, uh, not, he had a receiving touchdown. Oh, nice. <clears throat> yeah. Which was, very, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah I would have looked the same thing. I wouldn't even have looked in the receiving category. I, he was just as shocking as ever, anyone to score a touchdown receiving-wise. Uh, McLaurin could have had one in the end zone. Uh, it was, I don't know if it was dropped or, you know, whatever, but he could have he could have had one. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, Washington's got, they have hope. I mean, they're 7-5, and five, which is Hope's an a good absolute, mir- absolute miracle that they're 7-5, and five, but they're in a tough division. And so. Chase just came back, right? Uh, or is coming back? Yeah, I believe so. Activated? I think that, I don't know if they activated him or if they just, like, opened his window, whatever it was. So, I mean, he, he comes back, and he's anything like he used to be. Game Their changer. defense is going to be really nasty. I mean, they, they've been pretty good. Their defense has been one of their brighter spots from a team aspect, and you get a guy like that coming back, I mean... Yeah, they could they could make some noise. Yeah, yep. Um, I don't even really want to cover this game, so I'll give it about 15 <laughs> seconds. But Denver at Carolina, with definitely the most disgusting matchup of the week. Russell Wilson straight cooking trash on an open fire. Uh, again, 142 through the air. Latavius Murray took over the backfield. Um. He had a great game. I would Dude, say he's been good all I would year. Say, wild. Yeah, he he came off of the New Orleans uh, practice squad, New Orleans and too. he looked like the best yeah. back in New Orleans when he played. Uh, he looked really good in this game too. Thirteen for ninety-two. Um, he had a fifty-two-yard rush in this game, which was uh, a miracle. I didn't I didn't think he had that in him. Um, the one thing I can say is I would take Cortland Sutton on my team any day because. Denver's obviously going nowhere. They're three and eight. Cortland Sutton balls out, uh, you know, when he gets the opportunity. He's, I think, he's a stud receiver, um, and he's the complete opposite of of a lot of what a lot of guys would be on a shitty team like that. That would just shut it down. Um, he still shows up week after week. He doesn't put up the stats week after week because Wilson's horrendous and their offensive line is terrible. He almost he counted for more than half. Their yards. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but I would take him on. They have something in him. So if they can somehow build around that, maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah. And then Wilson $300 million. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Carolina won the game 23 to 10. Sam Darnold looked semi serviceable. uh, But their story there is DJ Moore, uh, 103 and a touchdown. And Dante Foreman, another 24 carries, 113. Probably one of the better waiver wire pickups this year. Um, Carolina looked decent. I will say that um, it's wild because uh, their run game's pretty good. Sam Donald getting the start is uh, you know funny to me. 
Um, DJ Moore, though, I do like him. I mean, he's another guy that, you know, um, getting a bad rap, but he's, he's Dude, a pretty talented guy. So as bad as Carolina's been this year, DJ Moore has a career high in touchdowns this year. Why? That's that's insane. Think about that. That's career insane. high. He's he's just been like a touchdown, uh, almost like a uh, unlucky touchdown guy, like kind of how Miles Sanders was last year, where he got zero. Uh, DJ Moore has just had bad years. I think one year he had like 1,100 yards and two touchdowns. Or yeah, something he like was that. averaging like two to three touchdowns a year, or yeah. something like terrible. I did see a, a pretty uh, wild stat. I don't know what it exactly was, but they had like the. Uh, breakdown of like the first X amount of games um, uh, that, oh, well, I should say the the second amount of games that uh, Dante Foreman's been there, and then um, uh, what's the name who just left? Um, help me out. McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey. Yep. They had the breakdown of him uh, prior, and I'll tell you what, I, you know, I'm, and by no means am I trying to say Dante Foreman. Um, and McCaffrey are on the same spectrum because they're not, and they're not even remotely the same type of back. But I will say that he's been like more than just a serviceable guy. Dude, like, something's something's know? and uh, to McCaffrey to the McCaffrey point, something's up with McCaffrey because even in San Fran, he's not like a he he's not like the lead back. No, no, they I mean, he, he was splitting with Mitchell. Right, they tried to say that he was going to do it, and then this past week, Mitchell weird, he got injured and he's out again. Um, but they now they're saying that McCaffrey has like knee soreness. So um, yeah, something's up with with McCaffrey. And I, I mean, I root for McCaffrey, but even when he was in Carolina, like they didn't run him. He was more of like a receiver than anything else. But they, they kind of he's kind of more of that guy, you know, in um, yep. in San Fran as well. But uh, needless to say, you know, everyone's like it's going to be a, the Chubba Hubbard, and he got Chubba got 17 carries. So I mean. The thing is, is that both of those guys, Chubba and Foreman, they're kind of like downhill runners. They're not really good receiving back. So, you know, uh, they game plan dependent. Like two weeks ago, Foreman got Yeah, once they're down blamed. 10. Yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, and it's over. It just, you just happen to play against one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. So. Um, so from one of the worst games of the week to one of the better games of the week and maybe the best game of the week, uh, Baltimore at Jacksonville. Baltimore came in as the favorite in the game. I thought the line was really weird, um, and I I don't think I took Baltimore. I could be wrong. Did I take Baltimore? I took the Ravens. They were minus four. And uh, Jacksonville ended up winning the game outright, 28-27. Uh, anyone that watched the game, it was it was the last two drives by Trevor Lawrence. It might have even been the last three drives, but I'm pretty sure it was the last two drives of Trevor Lawrence is why they drafted him number one. I mean, he was throwing darts all over the field to Zay Jones, Kirk, Marvin Jones had a big, huge, I'm not sure if it was third down or a fourth down, but I think it was a fourth down. He he made a play up the sideline. Um, Lawrence looked awesome. Uh, ETN went out in the first quarter, I believe, with a foot injury. Uh, Peterson said he could come back, but he wanted to just hold him out. Jamichael Hasty came in and, and kind of picked up a little bit of the receiving back duties there he looked good five for 67 through the air and he had 12 rushes as well um scored a touchdown but yeah jacksonville looked really really good um in the fourth quarter and you know story as old as time ravens blow another fourth quarter lead easily could be a eight nine ten win team at this point they showed like uh something on twitter it was like six games and it was like 
the Ravens lost all these games, and it was like it showed like them winning either late in the game that they lost or blowing a team out in like the first half and losing. Like, yeah, they're just finding ways to lose at this point, and it it, it it's crappy for them because you know we were very high on Lamar in the first couple weeks. He was so electric, and he's not playing great, but he's not playing awful. He's just not getting the help that he needs, and. On the flip side, I mean, fourth quarter Trevor Lawrence this week. I mean, uh, this is he's he was the player that everyone had been talking about, like you said, like right. you know, um, you know, coming out and Jamaica Hasty, you know, um, you know, uh, Etienne goes down, uh, goes out, and Hasty man, he looked good. I mean, he had five for sixty-one in a TD through the air and twelve for twenty-eight on the ground. Twelve for twenty-eight on the ground sucks. I mean, but he's not known as that like in between the tackle runner, anyways. Uh, they did pick up Darrell Henderson. Um, if, you know, uh, ETM was to miss some time that, you know, maybe he'll get some burn. Um, Zay Jones, though, he's been the, the locked-in target uh, for Trevor almost through the year. Uh, I mean, Christian Kirk is probably the, their best receiver, but, um, you know, uh, you can probably make the argument that Zay Jones is, is, you know, Trevor's favorite target, whether he produces, you know, and gets in the end zone as much as Kirk is probably um, not the case, but he's been... He's been definitely um, a, a pretty good pickup for them from the Raiders. Yeah, he looked looked good. And shout out um, whoever the guy was that that the running back for the Rams that like two or three weeks back that we were laughing about that I said I've never heard of before, and he had the craziest name. I think it was Ronnie Rivers yeah. or whatever it was. Um, Jacksonville has a guy by the name of Snoop Connor, which might be the coolest name yeah. I've ever heard of in my that, entire that, life. That wins. <laughs> he, he's from Mississippi. That that dude's got to have the coolest family of all time. Um, so moving on, uh, another awesome, awesome game with a great ending as well. Uh, the Chargers at Arizona was uh, another fourth quarter ending. It was it was great. Herbert was the story in this game. Two two seventy four through the air and three TDs. Uh, he's turning the corner, I think, on this season. Where in the beginning of the season he was almost a little bit disappointing, and now he's the guy that you drafted higher in drafts and is, you know, potentially going to win weeks for you and win weeks for the Chargers in real football as well. But um, they they drove down the field end of end of the fourth quarter. He had a dump off pass to Eckler. Eckler made a Nice catch, turned, hit the pylon, scored, and then they went for two. And they had one of the better plays, two-point plays that I've seen in a long time. I mean, they schemed up Gerald Everett wide open. Uh, it was just an awesome play. I don't even um, know off the top of my head. The uh, Was it Staley, the Chargers coach? He's a shithead, but he draws up some cool plays. <laughs> um, they looked really good. Austin Eckler... Again, I mean, this is week in, week out, but the guy is awesome. He takes hits. He's he's their best receiver. He's their leading receiver. He is the the best receiving running back maybe ever at this point because he's on pace to break the record for receptions. He had another 11 for 60 this week, 15 targets. Um, I mean, I don't know what they would do without him because I think Herbert would probably get hit a lot more. He got sacked four times. But anyways... Uh, Chargers look look good coming back in the game. Arizona 
better with Kyler for sure, uh, but still kind of, you know, a day late, dollar short type of team, and they're four and eight and pretty much out of it. Yeah, I mean, not good when Kyler's talking shit about your, uh, about his coach. I mean, Justin Herbert. I mean, as good as advertised. I think the thing is, is that not playing with Williams and Allen force guys like DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer to to step up. And now those guys are back. Well, he's has he has chemistry with those you know two other guys now. So now you can play all of them. So it just gives more targets you know for Herbert. Um, but the constant has been like you said, Eckler has been the constant. Um, and he's he's a special player. On the flip side, James Conner, good to be healthy. I mean, he had a great game. Looked so much better. Yeah, 25 for 120 on the ground, added 3 for 20 in the TD through the air. They got Hollywood Brown back. He led the team in targets with 8. He had 6 for 46. DeAndre Hopkins, 4 for 87 in the TD. He had one of the best catches of the season yep. uh, in this game. One-handed. It was absolutely phenomenal catch. Um, Arizona is just one of those teams that – um, looks good on paper, and you know, but like they're just frustrating. They're um, another one that just finds ways to lose. Yep, exactly. Um, so I mean, I guess we'll just hop right into the the next one too, which was also an absolutely awesome game. The Raiders went to Seattle. I think it was this had to be the highest scoring game of of the week. Seattle's involved in a lot of high scoring games. Uh, Forty to thirty four, another overtime game. The Raiders won. Josh Jacobs put in, I don't have like the stats in front of me from the greatest fantasy games of all time, but Josh Jacobs had to put in a top 10, top 15 fantasy. Barstool Stewart made a shirt that it said, I survived Josh Jacobs in week 12. So, I mean, that just shows you like. I mean, what was his, what was his walk-off touchdown? 84 yards, 86 yards, whatever it was, something like that. Uh, he was he was awesome. Yeah, over yeah. 300 yards in the game. I mean, 33 for 229 and two TDs on the ground, and then six for 74 through the air. I mean, leading your team in both receiving and rushing. Um, he he actually took over the uh, the rushing lead for the year. Um, we were talking about you know Chubb and uh, Derrick Henry, which again they're both obnoxious, but you know uh, Josh Jacobs right now is the number one rusher in the league. So. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Devontae Adams, you know, again, another pretty decent stat line, 7 for 74. I think that puts him in the top five for receiving for the year. Um, Derek, you know, uh, the, the Raiders trying to stay alive for what? I don't know. Um, I don't think they're, they're going anywhere. And uh, Gino and company, they put up a good fight. They just lost the game. Yeah. DK Metcalf, you know, 15 targets, 11 for 90. And Tyra Lockett, you know, um, three for 68 and you know found the end zone uh walker uh had two tds but he's become way down the life i mean without those td he had, he was pretty much uh you know uh, bottled up 14 for 26 so averaging 1.9 yards a carry is far from you know the person he was when he you know first got the the start so um i don't uh seattle needs to keep finding ways to win because if not they're going to slide down and that division's tough, and they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in if they don't get Ws. Yeah, I think the the key for them is keep figuring out how they can get the ball to DK. They looked way better with him getting the ball. And I, somehow Lockett is a top I – th- I think he's tied for sixth or seventh in the league in touchdowns, which was kind of wild when I saw him within the, the lead for um, 
receiving touchdowns was very surprising. He's to me. always underappreciated. I feel like you know year in year out, Agreed. you know he's good, and everyone was like, oh, he's just a home run hitter, and he's just this, and it's like he, oh, you know, everyone totally was like, well, DK can still have a good year, you know, when you know Gino comes in, like you know, um, he's you know matchup, you know, uh, you know. Uh, De- not matchup dependent. He, you know, uh, unlike Lockett, and, and he's proven everyone wrong. He, he, he's as good as you know anyone else. I mean, and he's just not that one trick pony. He's, I feel like he's more uh, complete than people give him credit for, and you know that, that stat alone, uh, you know, answers that. So. Yeah, agreed. Um, next game in the uh, in the afternoon slate was the Rams at the Chiefs. Uh, the Rams without Matthew Stafford, without Cooper Cup. You know they're just they're toast at this point. They're three and eight. Uh, they started Bryce Perkins, who <laughs> was more of a runner than a passer, but he I guess you know did okay. Uh, Hundred yards in the air and a touchdown. Uh, Kansas City ran away with the game. Mahomes three twenty through the air and a touchdown. Uh, Pacheco stamped himself I guess as the the leading leading back without uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire here. Uh, Ronald Jones still didn't do much, so Pacheco's kind of the guy there. Um, Kelsey, you know, had a, a, I guess, a down day for a Travis Kelsey day, four for 57 and a touchdown. Um, but yeah, not a ton from this game. Kansas City handled it pretty much from jump, and they didn't, uh, they didn't put up much of a fight from LA's end. Super Bowl champions, three and eight. They, you know, uh, they lost, you know, a cup. Um... Uh, there's quarterbacks banged up. Aaron Donald's now out. Um, they're done for the year. I don't see them going anywhere. Um, and on the flip side, KC's got Super Bowl aspirations, and their uh, their freight train is rolling strong. Quietly nine and two. Yep. Uh, um, to another kind of snoozer of a game, the 49ers and the Saints. 49ers win 13 to nothing. I mean, there's kind of two sides to this coin here. The 49ers. You know, move to seven and four. Their defense pitches a shutout, but at the same time, they only score 13 points. So, kind of a weird, you know, good and bad type of game for them. Um, I guess the same can't be said for the Saints. They looked awful, and we were kind of talking about this offline. But Kamara just not not getting him the ball, and you know, the Saints are kind of a mess at this point now four and eight pretty much out of the division even though their division's awful they're probably somehow still in the division hunt but um in all reality they're they're done and they now go monday night and play at tampa so that's probably going to be a loss they've played tampa tough over the past few years but i mean i think they're toast at this point yeah i i mean a couple things like we, we talked about with the giants it's like you have your best player. Why don't you give him the ball? I I can't for, I can't say that Kamara is their best player right now with the year that Olave is having. But I mean, you got a guy that's multi-dimensional. He's just not a runner. He's a really good receiver. You got to give him more than seven touches on the ground. Um, you know, he got a decent amount. It, it salvages fancy day because he got six receptions, but only had 37 yards. So you clearly he's getting it like dumped down when he can't do anything with it. And he's going to get smoked as soon as he catches the ball. Yeah. So good way um, to get injured. Too. You know, uh, it, it just they get to do a better job getting him involved in the offense. Um, I did read a ridiculous stat line the other day that saying that San Fran has not let up a point in the second half of like 
five games in a row or something ridiculous, and it's like, you know, they're on the rise. Uh, they're on the rise, you know, with the Super Seagulls, you know, losing. Uh, you know, um, San Fran's going to, you know, uh, try to, you know, go to the lead. I think they're only one game back uh, prior to this game. Yep. So they might be tied for the division now. Um, uh, Ayuk, uh, again, uh, their leading receiver again. He's kind of quietly becoming their best receiver. Um, and, you know, Mitchell got hurt in this game. McCaffrey uh, a little banged up, but um, they still uh, kept rolling. Jordan Mason came in as the third um uh, tear back and five for 25 you know this guy that i don't i don't even know who jordan mason is and still averaging five yards a carry and that's just what san fran does uh, breeds running backs and um you know uh their staple is their defense and jimmy g just is efficient he's not great at you know anything but um he is a winner um he i've seen some ridiculous line for him as well stat line he's you know, um, one of the most winningest quarterbacks um, uh, since he came into the league, and um, he just doesn't, he's not too flashy about it. He doesn't, like, wow you with, you know, his stat line. I mean, he never had to. Never had to in New England, obviously, and then once he went over to a good situation in San Francisco, they had a good team. And, I mean, obviously, he just adds to that, so. If he doesn't stay there, I mean, it's hard because, you know, uh, they they traded so many assets, um, you know, to to get Trey. So I don't know what they're going to do, but if he doesn't, if Jimmy G doesn't stay there, he's going to get paid to go somewhere else. Yep. Oh, someone's definitely paying him. Absolutely. Someone's paying him. Um, the, I think this was Sunday Night Football, I believe. Uh, Packers at the Eagles. Another wild kind of scoring game. Um, 73 total points, but... The Eagles won 40 to 33. Story of the game here, you know, could be Rodgers. I mean, I know he says he's playing this week, but I mean, one of his last games. I mean, he got banged up. Yeah, he thought he had a punctured lung. That's why he came off and got like a CT scan or whatever it was. And did they um, diagnose it with like an oblique injury or something? Yeah. Like that? So I mean, he already came in with a thumb injury. He's all banged up. He didn't look terrible. Uh, one of his interceptions was a tip pass that got you know knocked up in the air early on in the game. But um, he had two touchdowns. Jordan Love came on for him. It was the second half, end of the third quarter, whatever it, it was. Terrible, no, it did not look terrible. Um, he looked like he had command of what he wanted to do. It's, I guess it it makes you look good when you can throw the ball to Christian Watson and he runs across the field faster than pretty much anyone besides, besides besides Tyreek Hill in the league. Uh, I mean, he caught that ball and ran up the sideline like there was no one else on the field. It was pretty pretty incredible. So yeah, if they I mean, can for give a tall guy, he's definitely a gazelle. I mean. Uh, he's he's been a huge bright spot, you know, for oh them. Um, you know, he started the year and he couldn't, you know, uh, catch the ball, and, and that was a big thing. But once he, he figured it out, he's been. I mean, this is like four or five weeks now. He's found the end zone, um, and that touchdown was with love. It wasn't with Rogers. So right. um, I feel like at this point, if Rogers doesn't play, you can, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I, I feel like you can be pretty comfortable starting uh, Watson. I feel like. At this point, he's their go-to guy from the receiving aspect. Um, but just come up short. I mean, I want to give you the credit, Nick. I mean, last week you said it. Um, you know, uh, we wouldn't be surprised if they just 
you know, because uh, we said that, you know, uh, Philly might be vulnerable, or we said we can, they just go back to doing what they were doing and just stomp the team out. I wouldn't consider this a stomping out, but you were like, you wouldn't be surprised to see Miles Sanders, you know, run them into the ground, and that's exactly what he did, 21 yep. for 143 and two TDs, and, you know, Hurts, he didn't kill them through the air. He killed them with his legs, you know, 17 for 157. So, you know, they ran... 49 times to 363 yards, averaging 7.4 <laughs> yards a carry and three TDs. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's controlling the game. Um, that's got to be one of the best ever, insane. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what the top rushing insane. rushing games are for a team ever, but even Gainwell came in 8 for 39. Boston Scott had 3 for 24. I mean, they just all looked. They all had 10-plus yard runs, every single person that carried the ball. <laughs> so that's crazy. Um, Devonta Smith. Looked a little pedestrian. Uh, only four catches on nine targets. A.J. Brown came into the game, banged up. I think they were talking about he lost, you know, seven or eight, ten pounds, whatever it was. Yeah, he yeah, had, like, sick. the stomach bug yep. or whatever. So he ended up playing, scoring a touchdown. I mean, Philly could just beat you in so many different ways right now. They've had games where their defense has stepped up and won games. Obviously, Hurts has won games rushing the ball. He's won games, you know, with four touchdowns through the air in the that's first half. The, that's what makes you a Super Bowl contender is exactly what you just said. Yep. Like, you know, always finding out ways to win games, you know, like, um, so. The one thing I, I, I will say that was or is a little, the only thing I can say about Philly is the only, like, thing that I can nitpick with them is outside of Smith and Brown, I don't know what Goddard I don't know what Goddard's deal is. Is he but in I'm not even. I'm not Who's even the next best receiver? Quez Watkins. Well, that's probably. what I'm saying. Like Watkins had a decent game, but but he's like a speedster only. I yeah, guess. if they're down, if they're down in the game and they can't run the ball, or if you know they get down ten or something like that, like they, it's just going to be a little different. I, I don't know if Hertz can drop back and throw the ball 40, 45 times and win games, um, but I. I I think we're probably going to have to find that out in the playoffs. Like, they're not going to whoop on teams, and they're not going to run for 300 yards on teams in the playoffs. That That's just my guess. Uh, especially if, you know, San Fran or Dallas or, you know, one of them come into the link. Division weekend, um, never mind in the NFC Championship game, that type of stuff. I, it's going to be interesting. Uh, if they can obviously stay ahead in all of those games, I think they're – easily favored in every single game moving forward but that that's just uh, obviously they're 10 and 1 you know they lost one game to Washington that they could have won if they didn't fumble the ball I don't know who was it Quez Watkins I think fumbled the ball whatever but I mean they could easily still be 11 and 0 you know very very easily nitpicking at this point but um my one my one takeaway from them yeah uh Monday night football game was the Steelers at the Colts again kind of a it wasn't a bad game at all. I mean, just ugly football kind of across the board in this game. Um, my 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 two, I guess, takeaways, one from each side, Najee Harris getting banged up for Pittsburgh, uh, turns that backfield into kind of a clusterfuck with Benny Snell looked good when he had the opportunity. He actually looked better than Najee's looked in a while. And um, next week, Warren, Jalen Warren's supposed to get cleared. Uh, McFarlane... Looks like he could get some carries as well. So, you know, what they're going to do with that backfield moving forward. And then on uh, the Indianapolis side of things, uh, Saturday, I, I don't know what he was doing at the end of the game. They ended up 
taking two timeouts and keeping them in their pocket while losing by seven. Um, he just he looked like he was shitting his pants on the sideline or just had no idea what was going on, which is surprising because I just don't understand why NFL coaches just can't manage the clock or coaches in general just like can't Pee-wee manage the clock. Shit, you know, like I don't understand. You know, like all of us have played Madden, right? Like we've all we've all and. I'm not sitting here saying like you're playing a, a you know a, a football game or a video game I should say, but there's got to be some sort of knowledge of okay hey it's second down we're gonna throw the ball in the middle of the field we don't throw the ball in the middle of the field Matt Ryan runs up the middle we're gonna call a timeout it just didn't happen um, they ended up losing the game I think basically because their team isn't good enough but also their coaching isn't good enough. And uh, their their bright spot, Jonathan Taylor, you know, showed up again, um, 20 for 86 and a touchdown, you know, somehow surprising and saving his uh, his fantasy season as the number one pick and maybe not becoming a bust. But yeah, Indy's Indy's done. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't look much better, but they ended up winning this game. Yeah, I mean, both these teams are done. I mean, we're just you know nitpicking. I would say George Pickens got a bright future, I think, and you know. Um, they get a, they need to figure it out um, from a standpoint of if they're going to roll a picket, you know, moving forward uh, or whatnot. Um, Najee Harris is potentially talking about uh, having a hernia injury. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's got some good receiving uh, core. I mean, Fryermouth, Johnson, and Pickens is not a, a terrible trio. And on the flip side, um, yeah, Saturday definitely mismanages. Uh, Matt Ryan is just not the answer. He just looks old. He ran for like 16 yards. He needed oxygen. They didn't. They didn't. You know, um, call a timeout. They should have. Um, it, it is what it is. Uh, Michael Pittman um, uh, had a decent game, seven for 61 and a TD. Uh, but beyond that, this team doesn't have a true identity either, and neither of these two teams are going anywhere. Yeah. No. Indy. Indy. They've screwed up the quarterback position. For year, I mean, it ultimately just goes back to Andrew Luck, you know, retiring. Yeah, fuck them. Kind of screwed them. Back to, big time. But with that being said, you know, it's the NFL. You still got to figure it out. You know, no one's crying for them or that type of stuff, especially for, uh, you know, their owner, Jim Irsay. But they, I feel like they have a decent team. They just can't figure it out at quarterback. Uh, Wentz wasn't bad last year. It just wasn't good enough. And Ryan was just the wrong move this year. So um, that concludes the uh, the week 12 of um, of slate of games. So moving into kind of uh, before, I, I I think we can probably keep both of these the same, but we can touch on uh, power rankings before we get into you know kind of some week 13 games. Um, for me, I was looking at it and. You know, not much changed for me. I'm keeping my my teams kind of in the same spot. Um, I would assume that you were probably going to do the same thing as well because I don't think any of our teams. Yeah, I, I can't. Lost. I mean, the, 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 so and I, I'm not going to flip flop them. I just the only thing I want to put in points of emphasis is that I still have KC at, at one. I still have Philly at two. Um, I had moved up um, the Cowboys to three. I put Buffalo at four last week, and then I have. Uh, uh, San, Fran San Fran at five. And the only thing I want to say is that Buffalo is just one of those teams that could just fall out of my top five. And the reason being is if Allen continues to to be injured and not be able to perform at the level that I think he can, 
and Tua continues to play at the level he is, those can flip-flop, and then I can see, you know, maybe San Fran moving up and then, you know, Miami getting in. I just want to make that point because, you know, as much as Miami's on the outside looking in, they're kind of just right there, and I'm just waiting for a mistake to be made. Like, if, if the Lions had beat uh, Buffalo, which they could have on, on Turkey Day, I think I'd probably be having a different conversation with yep. you right now. Uh, and and hard, to, to, hard to also take any emphasis to Miami because they played Houston and they're the worst team in the league. Um, but I just want to say, like, you know, um, as much as this is the top five power rankings, you know, Miami's right there on the door uh, kind of looking. Um, so, yeah, I'm sticking with Philly at one, KC two, Buffalo three, Dallas four, Miami five. Uh, obviously, this week there's some awesome games. Yeah, it's a really up. good, really good week this and week. And highlighted probably with uh, our number five teams playing each other. So Miami travels to San Francisco in the four o'clock hour, and that's um, a test for both sides. Yes, Big that's time. exactly what I was just gonna say. That's kind of like a make or break game for both teams. I mean, it's really, really. I mean, um, what's his name? McDaniel's going home. Home. Which yeah. is awesome. Which and that's the saying. I was just about to say, like this is a big game for a, a multitude of reasons. You got a, you know, previous coaching staff leaving, having success in Miami, high octane offense against. We just talked about a really ridiculous stout defense. Um, it will be interesting. Um, you know, because you know, uh, you just said you know as much as their defense looked great and they let up none. Uh, they only scored 13. Well, you're going to have to probably score them more than 13 against oh, Miami. Absolutely. And then on top of it, can Miami score like they've been scoring against a defense, you know, to the caliber of, of Miami? So uh, I would say before you even said anything, that was my game of the week. Yep. Um, but, I mean, because I'm a homer, I obviously uh, am excited, you know, about tomorrow night's game and, you know, uh, New England versus Buffalo because – if we lose tomorrow night, I mean, I think our playoff hopes probably start to fizzle a little bit. So we kind of need this game uh, more than uh, more than anything else. So. So I, I mean, starting with the Thursday night game, just to just to touch on some of the, I can just jump right into you know some of the bets that I had too. But I'm taking the Pats plus three and a half. It, it feels like a field goal game to me. It's going to be cold as hell not that buffalo is not used to that anyways but it's supposed to be cold as hell tomorrow i don't think there's going to be any weather or anything along those lines it looks like it's just going to be cloudy and you know 40 degrees or 30 something degrees but i'm i don't know why something clicked with me with watching mac the other night and this isn't the same mac that played three four weeks ago it's just not there's no there's no shot it it's it's different and it's also not the same quarterback that played in the loss last year where they got the shit kicked out of him by the Bills. Um, I I don't think Buffalo's D is, you know, like some stout Baltimore, you know, 0-1 type of defense or anything like that. So I think the Pats can score some points. Yeah, I mean, and the defense is going to put, uh, you know, if you don't think that Bill knows that Allen's banged up, they're gonna be. They're the flu. Gonna be, yeah. You mentioned all, the flu, right? Yeah, the whole team too. That's not just an Allen thing. That's a, uh, yeah. The, so uh, their left tackle is out. He got uh, he got declared out today. Von Miller is out. So I mean, oh, that's I basically. I forgot about Miller going out last week with the knee injury. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 again. That's a huge thing that I meant to bring up uh, when we talked about them. Yep. Uh, you know, 
That's huge. Um, that's no gigantic. left tackle for them as well, which, I mean, who leads the NFL in sacks is Matt Judon. And he gets slept on big time. We don't talk about him enough because we talk about fantasy for the most part. But um, Judon's going to eat. I think he's going to he's going to be all over Allen. And again, if there's one way to take the Bills out of their run and gun offense, it's just to start smacking Allen all over the place. That elbow is going to tighten up when it's in cold weather. I don't know. I think the Pats have a shot. I don't know about money line, but I would take the Pats three and a half. I think if anything, it's going to be a close field goal game. Um, there, there is. There's a few more games I think that are pretty good too. Uh, this is going to be this is kind of a laugh a laugher game, but I'm looking forward to Jacksonville at Detroit. Uh, the over under for the game is 51 and a half. I mean, if you if you if you're a football fan, Shootout, you'll, you'll like the game because it'll be entertaining. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Um, the Jets travel to the Vikings, so you know can Mike White keep it up? Um, he's going to play cousin Kirk. And, you know, we'll see how they do. Again, another tough test for both teams. Vikings passed by beating the Pats. But, you know, the Jets' defense is no joke. They could easily take over that game. Uh, You know, if somehow Mike White is legit and, you know, can lead the offense to 30-something points again, you know, can the Vikings match that? Um, You know, the game, again, in the 1 o'clock hour, Washington at the Giants is a huge division game. Yep. For both of them, yeah, big, big. I mean, both of these teams, Giants is still, I think, trying to hang on to that playoff berth, and the Commanders are on the rise. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big game for uh, both of these teams. And then the flip, the the next game, the Titans Eagles is also Huge a game. pretty ga- great, big game. More more so, I think, for the Titans and the Eagles. Eagles just trying to keep the momentum rolling. Titans coming off a loss, they need a win, and that's going to be tough sledding for them. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the the massage sex addict himself, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> is getting cleared and is playing. And of course, his first game back is at Houston, which is unbelievable. Uh, the the lawyer for the girls that were yeah, they're gonna uh, attend the, the game, the, right? Yeah, the women are attending. <laughs> like ten of the women are attending the game in Houston, which is saying uh, I'm still here. Unbelievable. I I fully expect Deshaun Watson to throw for 260 and three TDs. I it mean, just, he, he kind of has to. I mean, if he comes out and was a... There's no a there's no ifs, ands, or buts. We'll we, see. We, I don't know. Like, is that dude still good at football? I mean, when's the last time we watched him play? I mean, shit, I don't even know. 2020. It's been a long time. Yeah. So, we'll I see. Mean, COVID was and, out. And, and we just talked about it. Brissett's probably more of a backup guy, but he's been playing well. So, um, we'll see. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see and... Uh, if there's any game to come back in, though, it's to come back against, against the team. worst your old team, but the, and worst, the worst team, team. too. Yeah. Like their defense is awful. That he's gonna they're gonna kick the shit out of them. Agreed. Um, we just mentioned the Dolphins and 49ers, but also in the four o'clock hour, the Chiefs are at the Bengals. I'm excited about that game a lot too. Who that game could be a ridiculous game. game too. Fifty-two and a half over under, so I it's gonna be highly to scoring. Jamar Chase's come comeback game too. Yep. So. Um, Chargers at the Raiders, which is another high-scoring affair. I mean, Chargers are trying to stay alive. Raiders, you know, he's trying to keep his, you know, coaching job, uh, McDaniel. So, um, we'll see. Um, I think Jacobs has, like, a little bit of a calf issue going on. It's probably just he needs rest because he just went absolutely banana land. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But, uh, 
yeah, that could be a good game. I, to be honest, more, most of these games, this is one of the better football weeks uh, it's a great of the year. this week. And then the Monday night game is the Saints at the Bucks. Um, again, the Bucks almost game. like a must win at this point for them to take control of the division, mm-hmm. but also kind of just stay in the playoff. And on. they own Brady, so they do. They've they've whooped uh, they've whooped on Brady more than probably anyone else since he's been at Tampa. Um, so yeah, so this week I took. So first off, last week, uh, three and two uh, brings me to 18 and 19 on the season. So inching closer to that 500 mark. Um, this year, excuse me, this week I'm taking Pats three and a half, uh, the Dallas Indy under, because I just think Indy's cooked at this point. I don't know I what they're going to do against Dallas. Matt Ryan might get injured against Dallas. <laughs> like D- Dallas might have eight sacks and Matt Ryan might get injured. Um, so I'm taking the under at that game. It's 43 and a half right now. Um, I'm taking Washington minus two and a half at the Giants, just because I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna win that game. Um, I'm taking the Dolphins plus four, and I'm taking the Jets plus three. Uh, I'm sticking with the Jets. I, I'm surprised it's only three points because, especially because Minnesota won that game already uh, by seven against New England, but. Um, I'll take the three and then taking the four in the Dolphins game. Dolphins game just seems like it's going to be a uh, kind of a back and forth close game, and I just don't see the Dolphins getting, I guess, beat by much more than that. So just rolling with the points. Um, we'll see how that goes. I wanted to take Seattle minus seven and a half because I just think they're going to whoop the shit out of the Rams because the Rams are just done mm-hmm. um but i just it's a division game i'll stay with seven and a half is a lot of points so yeah yeah especially against i mean granted i i do think that um seattle you know puts up more points than people give them the credit for it's just once it's more than a touchdown it just especially a division game i, I try to stay away from a division game, the teams know each other so on and so forth so um great week of football though and what week Two weeks left in fantasy yeah we have season. we have two weeks before the quarterfinals so uh, pretty big uh, couple weeks in fantasy so um, this isn't the time you start paying attention but um, these are the times where those you know uh, you play those guys that you're iffy about sometimes over starters because you need wins you know some of those starters that you've been playing and haven't been doing so well so uh, good luck to everybody in uh, in the final two weeks of the regular season of a fantasy um not to switch gears completely but uh the boston celtics ended up winning tonight 134 uh to 121 against the miami heat jason tatum finished with 49 points 11 rebounds three assists two steals only one turnover and was plus 29 that's just ridiculous um he shot eight for 12 from the three-point line in 15 for 25 from the field. I mean, talk about MVP, you know, performance. That's that's that. Um, I mean, Jalen Brown's been a stud this year, and he's been hyper-efficient. He was 10 for 18, which is over 50%. Finished with 26, five assists and seven boards, and only plus eight in the efficiency metrics. Um and I mean, totally just overshadowed by how good Tatum was tonight. And and then Brogdon's been really good too. Um, seven for ten, five for seven for the three-point line. Had 21 points, six rebounds, only one assist, but he was the spark scoring off the bench. And you know, 
<laughs> Celtics putting up 134 points again. I again. Mean. Jesus. Uh, they're rolling. And then on the flip side, um, uh, PC played TCU. Uh, they just got beat by about 13, I think. And they're just going to be a team that, uh, until they find an identity, it's going to be very frustrating to watch. Um, definitely not what I thought they were going to be. Um, some of these players that I thought were going to be better, just not as good as advertised. And it is what it is. I'm still a PC fan through and through, but um, uh, they're definitely going to be uh, a test of my patience this year. Yeah, it would be interesting once they get into the conference schedule and, and you know, play some of the, obviously Nova's down this year, but Creighton's up. So the the, the conference schedule, they're gonna, the Big East games that they play are going to be, tough through and through yeah um, i mean uconn creighton they're both ranked i mean yeah. marquette just you know had uh, a pretty big win uh, against a ranked team so the big east is just tough in general yeah we should be able to beat the the horned frogs or where the hell we just played um tcu i mean tcu was a uh they were five and one so uh, this is the second year in a row they started six they'll and probably one. be ranked after uh, this game i'm yeah, sure i mean they're, they're they're actually a decent team but um, we just have a lot of work to do on, on both sides of the ball. Yep. So, um, well, yeah, that wraps it up for uh, for us. Anything else before we sign off? No, man. Um, again, thanks for listening, and I hope you have a, a, a great rest of your week. Yeah, I'll catch everyone next week. Later.